Western and Southern Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you. It's easy to get started. Visit westernsouthern.com. Now batting, number one in our hearts. At least he'd like to think so. It's the Jim Day Podcast. Hey, everyone. How we doing? I hope well. And thanks for checking in with us here on the old podcast. What we're going to do this episode is we're going to go back to an interview I did a, a, a few years back. Not on this podcast, but it was for what is now Bally Sports Ohio, and we appreciate them allowing us to use the audio in podcast form. Because I'm not sure if, especially as time has gone on, if you're a Reds fan, you love Lou Pinella. I mean, it's universal. It might be like 100% now, which is crazy to think in today's cynical world. And it's not like he was a long-time manager of the Reds. But it was a magical period. And the 1990 team was a magical team. And Lou is just polarizing, entertaining, unusual, just greatness all around. Especially for what I do. I mean, he was drama. And yes, indeed... And times have changed. But yes, he was a hard bleep, which people love. And people always say, oh, I wish we had disciplinary manager still. Well, those days have changed. But now that time has gone on, I think Lou Pinella might be more beloved than ever. And any conversation with Lou, especially a lengthy one, because... When he was a manager, he didn't like dealing with the media. It's not like you got these really long interviews with him on record. So, I wanted to get a hold of this audio, some of which you've heard on rain delays previously, um, what is now Bally Sports Ohio, um, and some of which is not. I'm just going to let the interview roll as it is. We had a sit-down. We went down to his home in Tampa, and spent a couple days with him. And it was fascinating to me. And some of the stories he told and some of the stories he's about to tell are just classic to me. And it was uh, one of my favorite assignments. So, at any time, Lou Pinella is gold. So let's sit down with the man they call Sweet Lou. Well, Lou, we really appreciate you letting us into your house. This is a uh, tremendous honor for us to be here. Well, it's a pleasure having you here. I know you brought this cold weather down from Cincinnati <laughs> that we're having in Florida, but uh, it's great having you all here. It really is. What is life like nowadays uh, for Lou Pinello? We're talking about a guy for, you were an athlete for most of your life and then a manager. Um, you got your little dog running around here. Yeah. You're in a nice house here in Tampa, Florida. What's life like for you now? It slowed down quite a bit, and I like it. Uh, you know, uh, I, I play a little golf. I do some fishing. I enjoy the, uh, the family a lot. Uh, 
My wife and I just, we had our 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, I've got my daughter and granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter living here. And uh, the, the, the rest of the kids live about five minutes away. So we're together as a family quite a bit. And it's, it's really a good feeling. And, you know, we were born and raised here. I married a Tampa girl, so it makes it much easier coming back here and, 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 and having her family and my family here. 50 years in today's day and age. Boy, that is something. Unbelievable. It really is. Yeah, it really is. I've had a lot of patience. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. No. None on her part, though, no, right? No, no. She's had the patience. You know, you know truthfully, uh, when you're married to uh, an athlete or when you're in professional sports, you're traveling all the time. Your mind is on your business, and, 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 and your wife takes a tremendous responsibility keeping the family together and raising the kids right. and so forth. And Anita's done a wonderful job, and I'm very thankful. But, uh, yeah, we've been together over 50 years now, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a good feeling. When you're not traveling or doing, you know, some consulting work or whatever you do, what, what's a typical day for you? Well, I usually get up early in the morning. Uh, I'm up by 6. Um, I try to go either to the treadmill or put on a, 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 a warm-up suit and walk over to the club, which is about a mile or a mile and a half away. And then I take a leisurely walk back. They've got free coffee there in the morning, <laughs> so I, I have a cup of a nice black coffee, and then I walk back, and I get a little exercise. And usually around noon uh, is when I start uh, thinking about playing golf. Uh, I play two or three days a week here. And if it's not golf, well, then I, we've got uh, the boats over on the beach, and, uh, and, and we'll go fishing a couple of days a week. But, uh, you know, you try to stay busy. Uh, th I think that's a secret when you get retired. If you, if you just sit and do nothing, it gets old awfully quick. When you're out on the boat, is that just when you enjoy life the most, or maybe on the golf course or, or on the boat, is that where you're like, wow, you know, after all those years of traveling and playing and managing and all the pressure that comes along with a it. Is that like living? Is you know, that... It's a lot of stress. You know, you know people don't realize uh, the, the actual plane, uh, you know, you, you just got to be able to uh, go up there and swing the bat a little bit and make some plays. But when you're managing, you're in charge of uh, the whole operation. And, and, and I was very conscientious of the job that I did wherever I was. You know, uh, it's a tremendous responsibility that these different owners uh, put on these, on these men. And uh, they, you have to take it seriously and you have to really, really uh, um, dwell on, on being competitive and on, on doing a good job. And it, it, but there is stress. You know, the, the worst thing about managing that I found anyway is that you, I couldn't get it out of my mind. Uh, you know, you, you need things to be able to do. That's why I'd go to the horse track once in a while and, 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 and bet the ponies. I enjoyed doing that. Uh, but, um, and now I enjoy the golfing and the fishing, although truthfully, I don't have any stress now. My, my stress is whether I can make a six foot birdie or, or, or putt on, on number 18 to, to win a $5 Nassau or something. Uh, and the fishing is very relaxing. You know, we have a, 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 a captain and a mate that we take out. So uh, they make it very comfortable on the boat and they're excellent fishermen. So they put us on fish. And uh, we were out just Saturday and, and out 60 miles offshore. And I mean, we had an epic day. We, we just absolutely slayed them. We caught uh, a gag grouper, which is delicious eating. We caught 
uh, mangrove snapper, which is, and I mean big ones. And we caught some tuna, we caught some African pompano, we caught some red snapper, which we had to throw back because they're out of season. And then we caught some amberjack. And then we had a few sharks swimming around the boat too. So, but it was a, just a really, really nice day. And, and it was fairly calm out there. And, uh, but fishing is fun. It, it really is. It's, uh, it's very relaxing. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I, and, and, and when the captain puts you on fish, you get enough bites so you, you, you can feed them once in a while, but you can still <laughs> catch your, your share. That's nice. Uh, are there ever times, you, I know nowadays you have, probably have a lot more time just to sit and think about things. Are there times when you do miss the competitiveness of baseball? You always miss it. You always do. Uh, that's, that's what, what I miss the most, uh, being able to compete against, uh, uh, the other team, other managers, you know, uh, the players, uh, it's, we have good, good camaraderie. Mm -hmm. I, I love those kids that I managed in Cincinnati in 90 to 92 and, and uh, world championship we won. But also when I managed in Seattle, uh, even here in Tampa Bay where I didn't have any success at all. And with the Cubs where I finished, Yankees where I started, you enjoy the players a heck of a lot. These guys are competitive people and they, they, it's, it's not easy being a, a professional player and, and playing at that high level every day. And I've been blessed, though. I had some great players that I managed, starting with Junior, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, uh, Randy Johnson, Dave Winfield, Ricky Henderson. I managed quite a few Hall of Famers, so Rich Gossage. So I'm, I was blessed. But, uh, yeah, uh, I do miss the competitive nature of it, but... Uh, when I watch a game now on TV, it's either from a little bit of a scouting standpoint or just an enjoyment of the game. I'm not the, there to, you know, the easiest thing in the world is to second guess the manager, right? <laughs> it really oh, is. Oh yeah, there's all there's about 40,000 managers in the stands. No question. It, it, it gives it you enough time to think of what would you do. And you know, truthfully, a manager's main job responsibility is to know his personnel well and use them right. And second of all, to keep percentages on your side as much as possible. If you can do that and you have good players, uh, you, you're going to be successful. And, uh, but uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, I, I, I do miss the competitive nature of it, but I, I really, I don't miss the travel. I don't miss the hotels and, uh, 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 and I don't miss the stress part of it. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you how you watch a baseball game now, whether you just sit back and totally enjoy it, or are you second-guessing, are you thinking ahead, uh, okay, you might want to start getting the bullpen ready here. I mean, how do you watch a game nowadays? Well, you know, that's part of it, too. I mean, you know, when you, when you manage at the big league level, you better, you better be three innings ahead of the ball game. Mm -hmm. you, really, you, you really need to be three innings ahead of it and um, anticipate moves and, and try to force the issue as much as possible. And um, uh, watching a game... Uh, like if I get a call from Cincinnati, I do a little consulting for them. They'll tell me to watch this player or watch that player mm -hmm. uh, for a possible trade or for a recommendation or whatever. Or in spring training, if I think if they're ready to, to, to play at the major league level or not, I'll look at it from that perspective. Uh, and, and, and then from a fun perspective, I like to watch good hitters come up to home plate. I remember in 76, when I was with the Yankees, we had a good team and we played the Reds in the World Series. And boy, the array of talent they sent up the home plate, starting with Pete Rose and Johnny Bench and Tony Perez and, and Joe Morgan and the rest of these guys. It, it was a hit parade. It was one after another. One after another. And you know, the amazing thing is, 
when good hitters come up the home plate, people don't go to the stands and buy any popcorn. They stay in their seats and watch these guys swing the bat. With that in mind, what do you think of Joey Votto? Joey is excellent. I mean, uh, you know what? He's an umpire at home plate. I mean, if, yeah. if, if he argued with the umpire, I'd side with Joey. His eyesight that good, his knowledge of the strike zone that good. He's just a complete offensive player, and he's gotten a lot better at first base, too. I like Joey Votto. I really do. Uh, he's a winning guy, and it's a shame that, uh, that, that Cincinnati right now has, could put a little more talent around him to get him right. to postseason again. What do you think of today's game of baseball overall when you watch? I, I comes the, to mind. I think these guys are athletic. I really do. I, I think they're very athletic. Uh, I think that uh, the, the analytics has changed the, the, the nature of the game a lot with these pitchers pitching five innings. For God's sake, if a, a young guy that's 24, 25, 26, 27 years old can't throw 115 or 20 or 125 pitches every five days, well, something's wrong, you know? Uh, they protect these guys a little bit too much. Now, I'm not saying that you extend them 125 or 130. Five starts in a row because you can cut them back, but let these guys pitch a little longer and uh, uh, and, 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 and let them get into the seventh or eighth inning. And then if you have the, the right setup guy or the right closer, then you go. But, I mean, they, 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 you know, I remember when, when I um, uh, coached for Billy Martin. Art Fowler was a pitching coach, and Gidry used to throw a lot of pitches because he struck, struck out hitters. So when Gidry would go out for the seventh, Billy had asked Fowler, how many pitches does Gidry have? Art, he says, 113. He said, good, take 30 off and start him off with 83. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these guys, they, they, they can pitch. And you know what? You don't see the stolen base as prevalent right. anymore. You don't see hitting and running as prevalent anymore. You don't use a bunt uh, hardly at all. And I think the bunt's a really good offensive weapon. You know, you, you're up by run or two in the sixth inning or so. And you can add a run here or a run there by advancing a runner, dropping down a good bun. I think it's a great play. But now uh, they, they just slug it out. And, and the other thing that I don't really like about the game is, uh, is the, um, uh, the shifts that they allow all these teams to use. Uh, you know, I managed 23 years in the big leagues, and I was fortunate to win over 1,850 games. And I never used a shift, entire shift, my whole time. So I don't, wow. I don't think... I, I don't think you need to shift. To, 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 to. And, and, and the other thing I don't understand, these guys will shift where the third baseman is playing shortstop and you're down by a run or two in the eighth inning and nobody lays a butt, butt down to, right. to start an inning or start a rally. Uh, so, so it has changed. And, then, and now the, the, uh, the, the, the scouting is going more to the numbers and to the analytics and sabermetrics and those sort of things as opposed to just the, the gut. Uh, uh, I, I like... The fact that there's a need for both. There's no question mm -hmm. there's a need for both. You can make good lineups out with your gut. You can make good lines up with, with numbers. And I remember when I managed Seattle, Bill Gates used to come to my office all the time, the owner of Microsoft, and he'd sit there and he'd want to know why I made out my lineups the way I made them out. I'd, and I told him, and he said, well, I don't agree. I, I've got this computer that uh, I work with all the time and I throw these numbers out and they're... The lineups are never the same. The only spot we're, we're the same at is the third spot with Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> so he said, why don't you play my lineup? And I said, I'm tired of you asking me. I told him, I said, I'm going to play your lineup tonight. Well, we won eight to three. And now he wanted me to use his lineup all the time. Wow, now hold on a second. Bill Gates 
one of the guys, I mean, we're talking about one of the geniuses on this no planet, question. Yeah. came to your office yes. and wanted to talk lineups. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk Microsoft stock and he wanted to talk lineups. <laughs> And yeah, I, I tried his lineup and we won eight to three, but you know, it, it was all numbers based on percentages yeah. and so forth. He didn't have speed in the leadoff spot, didn't have a guy that could hit, uh, hit, uh, uh, handle the bat in the second spot. And, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what, what's going on? And, but it, it, it worked that particular night. That particular I don't think it'll work all the time, but uh, uh, it worked that night. So I, I understand that numbers are good, but I also understand that you better know your players yeah. and, and, and know what a guy's got up here and what he's got in his heart, you know? Wow. Uh, Bill Gates, sabermetrics with Lou Pinello. Things yeah. we learn yeah. when we just sit down and talk with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you what, he, 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 we had some, he would come over to the games, for, he enjoyed watching the games, but a, a few of his uh, uh, lieutenants over there owned small pieces of the Mariners. He didn't own any of it, but uh, a, a, a five or six of his employees owned, uh, owned uh, uh, small pieces of, of, of the Mariners. And they were all in the numbers in the same ways. I mean, uh, it was all, uh, all uh, uh, computer-based stuff, uh, analytics, uh, sabermetrics type stuff. And uh, I didn't understand it all that well, but I, listen, I know that there's, there's, there's a need for, for numbers in the game. And our, our general managers today, are, they're using, uh, oh, yeah. they're using uh, these, uh, they hire these young kids that crunch numbers and, and yeah. so forth. And, it's good in a way, but I think there's a need for both. I really do. Behind us here, replicas of World Series championship trophies. Yeah. One is a player and one that's just beloved in Cincinnati, the 1990 team. How yeah, much pride? I'm proud of that 90 uh, yeah. championship team. I've, still, I've got another one here when I played. It's in my office. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've been fortunate. Uh, three, three world championships. Uh, played with many great players in New York. I really did. Uh, I, I, I remember these guys. I mean, they were competitive and uh, uh, they, 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 were, they wanted to win. After we got swept by in, in, in 76 by the Reds in the World Series, we vowed that we'd come back as a unit and uh, we did. We came back and won 77 and 78 back-to-back -back right. championships against Lasorda's Dodgers. I know that Marty Brennan was very happy about that. <laughs> All of Reds country was happy. Yeah, Back then, yeah. man, the Dodgers were not like no, in no. Reds country at all. No. I, I want to ask you about, in 1990, you guys uh, went wire to wire. Uh, you beat the Pirates uh, to get to the World Series. And then there's this folklore that says, you know, the Oakland A's, you're going against the Bash brothers. and. Dave Stewart and Eckersley and all these guys, and they were unbeatable. There's no way these... Yeah, Tony LaRussa, La Russa, Manager, There's no yeah. way the Reds can compete with these guys. Mm -hmm. And there's a story out there that uh, once you wrapped it up against the Pirates, you looked at the advanced scouting book of the A's. You kind of looked through it, and you closed the book and said, we're going to sweep them. Is I, that I, true? No, I didn't say that. No, I really <laughs> didn't. I didn't say we were going to sweep them, but I told my coaching staff, we're going to beat these guys. And the reason I felt that way... And I knew they had great, a great team. I knew they had great talent. But at the same time, their big hitters were home run hitters with big mm -hmm. swings. And we had velocity. I had Rijo that, uh, out of the rotation that threw the ball hard. And then I had my, my entire bullpen, even my long guys, uh, threw the ball, Scudder and Jack yeah. Armstrong. And then the nasty boys, one threw harder than the rest of them. So uh, it, we would throw nothing but velocity at them. 
And then Tom Browning uh, pitched a, a heck of a game in, in, in game three uh, for about seven innings. And, uh, and the other thing, Oakland's pitchers, they all had great arms, but they were fastball pitchers. And well, our kids in Cincinnati hit the fastball really, really well. I'm talking about Sabo. I'm talking about Davis. I'm talking about Larkin. I'm talking about Morris. I'm talking about uh, uh, Paul, uh, Paul O'Neill. Uh, yeah, these guys could hit the fastball. So the matchup was good for us from that perspective. And, and it was important that we get off to a good start the first game. And boy, Eric Davis hit that yes, ball into the center field, upper deck. It got that crowd into the game early, and, and we won a tight ball game the first day that came back and won the second. And then we went over to Oakland and won the next two and, and, and swept them. Uh, listen, I, I, that was a, that, probably an accident that we swept, but at the same time, it was a tribute to our guys because, uh, boy, they, they just swung the bats, and they really dominated the mm -hmm. issue. They really did. And I remember... Uh, 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 when Browning uh, Conseco led off an inning with a long home run off Browning in the seventh inning, I went to get him and he had a three-run lead. He said, "Skip, I got him." I said, "You see those three animals I got out there in the bullpen? <laughs> They're chomping to get into this ball game." I said, "Go have a beer. You've had a great day." And they did. They pitched the next two uh, innings plus, and, and that was the end of it. But uh, yeah, when you have uh, the luxury of uh, of, of three guys in that bullpen that can close for you, they're inter interchangeable, and they're all competitive as heck, and they're all crazy. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice combination. There were a lot of crazy guys on that team, was it? Including I mean, that's, the manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was amongst the most colorful teams ever. It was ever. a very colorful, yeah, it really was. It really was. The, 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 the kids, uh, yeah, they, they, they played with, with uh, spirit. Uh, they played uh, with intensity. And I'll tell you what, they hated to lose. That was the thing that I enjoyed the most. And, uh, and we had some characters over there. O'Neill and, and Sable, were, uh, they're at the top of the list. We had a good young catcher in Joe Oliver that threw and caught really well and, and could, could, could hit, drive in a big run for you. Drove in a big run to win game two. No question. Hit that double down the left field yeah. line off Eckersley. Yeah, it, uh, it, was, it was a really, really good team. It really was. And... Uh, uh, I'm so that was the only time I've ever been to a World Series as a manager. So I mean, I, I love these guys. I really do. Let's. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the players because you know in Reds country that '90 team is just so, it's so beloved. Yes. Um, not only winning a World Championship, but as you said, some characters on that team. So first thing that comes to mind when I mention names, uh, Barry Larkin. Well. Barry was the, basically the heart and soul of the team in a lot of ways. He played the demanding position, shortstop. He basically was a coach on the field. He knew how to play the game. He knew how to play the game to win. And if I had a problem in the clubhouse, I'd either call uh, Barry or, or Eric Davis and say, listen, we got a little problem. Can you handle it? Skip, uh, at that time, I, I smoked a little bit. And they said, go have your cigarette. We'll take care of this thing. <laughs> And they did, but Barry, Barry, you know, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame career, Hall of Fame player, and uh, boy, could he play shortstop, and he could, he could hit first in your lineup, he could hit second in your lineup, he could hit third in your lineup, he could hit for average, he could hit a reasonable amount of home runs, and he'd drive in runs for you, just a great player. Eric Davis. Eric Davis, I loved Eric. He, he uh, I'll tell you what, uh, he was a little injury prone, but outside mm -hmm. of that, Boy, when he got that hitch out of the way on time, uh, the ball just exploded off his bat. 
and, and, and could he run and could he field and could he throw? He made a play in the Pittsburgh uh, uh, playoffs in 1990 that I, I still can't believe he made in, in, in left center field and threw up, I think he threw up Bobby Bonilla at third base. I mean, it, just a great play. Um, and a funny guy, too. I mean, he kept everybody loose. Good guy. Uh, you know, I, I, you know he, I, to me, uh, he belongs in the big leagues coaching. Well, it, that might happen. That might happen someday. Uh, we're not giving up on that. Chris Sabo. Sabo was, uh, I'll tell you what, he's an athlete. He's a little goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little goofy. But Slightly I'm going to tell you goofy. what, this guy here was an athlete. Uh, he could play third base. Uh, he could run. He, he had a quick, quick bat. Could hit the ball for power. And uh, 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 I remember this one time, uh, opening day of, of, of my last season there, I think it was, um, he tried to beat out a ball that he hit in the infield, and he broke his ankle. And we had to get him out of the game. Yeah. And about the eighth inning, he came in back into the dugout from the training room. He says, all right, put me back in. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I said, you fractured your ankle. He says, I'm ready to go. The heck with it. But I'm going to tell you what, uh, this kid could play. He really could. Uh, I, I, where did he go? He went to the University of Michigan, didn't he? No. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, so we had Larkin and, and Sable from the same right. school there. And Hal Morris. Yep. We had three kids from the University of Michigan in the infield. Pretty good. Paul O'Neill. Paul reminded me a lot of myself when I played. Fiery? Uh, fiery, yeah. Let me tell you what, Paul could play. Uh, Paul was talented. Uh, you know, he... he, he, he he could hit for power, he could hit for average, and he had an outstanding throwing arm in, in right field. You know what? And he's done a heck of a job on the broadcast booth mm -hmm. with the Yankees for the, for the past five or six years. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a, he, he, he could play. Paul could play. I mean, you, you weren't going to find a better defensive right fielder than him. And at the same time, uh, uh, you know, he had really good power to the opposite field. And, uh, and he was a 300-type hitter that, 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 that could steal a base. Mm -hmm. All around, I mean, all around tools. And he reminded me of me because, you know, he'd throw a helmet every once in a while. Well, he had more talent than I did. But, uh, yeah, he, he reminded me a, a lot of myself. He would even kick a ball back into the infield. I saw that. I wasn't there, but yeah. I, I saw that on film many times, <laughs> yeah. That was when Pete was there. Yeah. Uh, Hal Morris. Hal, uh, you know, we got from uh, the Yankees mm -hmm. in, in the winter. Bob Quinn, our general manager, uh, traded uh, 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 O'Leary uh, for Tim Leana and, and Hal Morris. You know, I, had, I was watching uh, the Yankee farm system a little bit um, uh, that summer, uh, and um, I noticed I went to double-A and I saw Hal play there, and I really liked him. And then I saw Leano over there also, Tim. And, mm -hmm. and I, I went, when we could, when, when, when the Yankees wanted uh, uh, O'Leary from us, what, what was his name? O'Leary. Yeah. Yeah. Tim O'Leary. Tim O'Leary. Tim, yeah, yeah, Tim O'Leary. Yeah. Well, I, t I suggested to Bob Quinn, look, we should get Hal Morris back on the deal. And then when Rule 5 draft came up, we took Leano in the Rule 5 draft. So they're two good young kids. You know, he, he had that unorthodox hitting style where he'd move his he'd feet move a his lot feet. and shuffle his feet. But boy, I'll tell you what, he stayed in with his upper body and he was a slasher. Uh, and, and an excellent first baseman. I mean, a great arm, uh, uh, arm span and good hands. Just a, a winning player. Billy Hatcher. 
You know, that's the only missing piece that we had uh, uh, in spring training. Uh, uh, we mentioned the Bob Quinn, myself, and my coaching staff. You know, we, lead, we need a leadoff hitter that can put this thing in motion for us. And we were able to get Billy Hatcher from, uh, from uh, Houston right before spring training uh, started. And uh, what a job he did for us. Uh, you know, he's a funny dude, first he of all. He is a funny he guy. He really keeps everybody <laughs> loose, keeps everybody laughing. Uh, but I'll tell you what, he's all business. Uh, he put the ball in play, uh, steal a base or really quick, and second and third on, on successive pitches. And, you know, he played a really nice outfield. Didn't throw all that well. That's the only negative. But listen, when you can hit 300 and steal 30, 40 bases, uh, uh, you don't need to throw all that much. Just get that ball to the cutoff, man, and, and, and that's it. But I, Billy was a winning player. You know, I've had him on my coaching staffs a few times, and, and, and he's an excellent coach now. Yeah. Man, what a World Series he had. Oh, my God. You couldn't get him out. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't get him out. What did he hit? 600? No, 800. Yeah. He, they, I mean, kept, they kept trying to throw. You know, he stood right on top of home right. plate, and they tried to keep sneaking that fastball by him. He said, no, they ain't going to do that. Finally hit him in game four. No question. Yeah. No question. Um, Joe Oliver. You know what? Joe was a heck of a catcher. I mean, he, he called a real good game, a very good game, a very headsy. Uh, you know, he, 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 you had to get him going at times. He, he was like a slumbering bear. But I'll tell you what, he knew what he was doing with his numbers. I mean, he, he, he called a good game, and he took, good, uh, took excellent pride in handling the pitching staff. He'd always say, my first, my first job is... Uh, is uh, to call a good game and, and, and make the pitcher, let, uh, allow the pitcher to pitch a good game, and my hitting will, will come. And that's exactly the way he handled it. But I'll tell you what, yeah, and he could throw. He had an outstanding throwing mm -hmm. arm, ac accurate, and, 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 and people couldn't run on him very much, you know. And we had Dibble and, 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 and Charlton, and, and, and Randy was quick to the plate, but Dibble and Charlton, they, 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 they were more velocity-type right. guys. So. But Joe, Joe did an outstanding job with all our pitchers. Jose Rijo. I'll tell you what, he came of age the second half of that season. Mm -hmm. The first half of the season, he was, you know, he was our, 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 our number one starter, but uh, he and Browning. But um, uh, the second half of the season, he really got it going. And by postseason, I mean, he was pitching at, at lights-out baseball. And the job that he did on, 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 on Pittsburgh in the playoffs and Oakland in the World Series, I mean, uh, uh, he, he did a, a Bob Gibson, uh, Mickey Lolich type effort yeah. uh, uh, World Series-wise. And, and I think he was the most valuable player in the series, yep. and deservedly so. I mean, he, he had a, a, just a, 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 a mid-'90s fastball and then just had a, 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 just a, a tremendous slider, a tremendous slider. Thing just dug down and away from the right-hand hitter and into the left-hand hitter's hands. Uh, yeah, but I, he really started putting it together mid-season on and, 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 and was uh, unhittable the rest of the way. All right, we'll get back to our discussion with Lou Pinella right after this message from Western and Southern Financial Group. Western and Southern is committed to helping make Cincinnati the best place to live, work, and play. That's why we're proud to sponsor the Strikeout Cancer Initiative. Every time a Cincinnati Reds pitcher strikes out a batter, Western and Southern makes a donation to the Barrett Cancer Center. We're all in this one together to beat cancer. 
Join Western and Southern in this mission to make our hometown better than ever. Western and Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio. Tom Browning. I'll tell you what, I used to tell Tom, Tom, boy, I say, you got a lot of guts throwing a nice 86 mile an hour fastball. Uh, and Cincinnati is a small little park. It yeah. wasn't a real big ballpark, and the ball carried really mm -hmm. well there. And, but you know what? He, he threw strikes. He pitched fast. Uh, the players played well defensively behind him because of that. And, and then he always had that sneaky little hop on the ball, mm -hmm. and he had that big old curveball to throw him off balance with a real nice changeup. He knew how to pitch, and I'll tell you what, he, the, the, the guy was as competitive as, as, as anybody you want to see out there on the mound. And, and uh, uh, yeah, he, he and Ian, Ian Rio were our two aces. Danny Jackson. Danny, um, you know, Danny, Danny had some injuries. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, w what a competitive young man. I think we got him from, uh, from the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, really good slider. Uh, you know, early in his career, he threw a little harder. When I had him, he, he, he basically uh, had lost a little velocity. But what a competitor and, and what a good guy in the clubhouse. I mean, uh, he really helped the young pitchers out anytime they could, as did Browning. Both those guys went out of their way to help uh, our young pitchers. But, uh, you know, Danny, Danny, uh, Danny is a good guy and, and, and just a com uh, extremely, extremely competitive guy, and, and he did a nice job for us. I feel like I should ask about the Nasty Boys as one. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, they, they were all crazy in, in one way or another, in a, in, the, in a good sense. You know, very competitive, extremely competitive, extremely confident. Uh, Dibble, when, when Dibble was on with his breaking ball and getting it over the plate, when he threw that fastball 100 miles an hour, and, and could get his breaking ball over the plate, you couldn't hit him. Uh, you, you just couldn't hit him. Charlton had a tremendous split finger, and this is the most, the most competitive. I've had Charlton three or four different times. Yeah. One of the most competitive pitchers I've ever been around, and uh, a winner. And, and then Randy Myers. Randy, you know, Randy, Randy basically uh, threw in, in, in the, in the mid-'90s, but he could really pitch down and away and hit that outside corner. And he was quick to the plate. He fielded his position good. Uh, you know, but he, they, they were all a little goofy. And I think that helped them in a way because uh, nothing intimidated them. Uh, nothing intimidated them. I, I, I mean that. I mean, they, they, you, could, you could bring them into any situation, and, and, and they were confident as heck they were going to get the job done. When you say goofier, is there, what, what are some goofy things that might come to mind with those guys? Well, you know, Dibble, if you bunted on them, Doug DeCenzo. DeCenzo over there in, 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 in Chicago, I still remember. And then he was wondering why the umpire kicked him out of the game. I said, You didn't put much of an argument up. No, I just watched I the video of no, that. You I were kind of like, uh, What could I do? I mean, it, 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 was, it, was, it was obvious what, what he did. You know, he sized him up. And then, well, he took like three or four yeah, steps right. towards the baseline yeah, and just and nailed him. And then he nailed him. You know, and he. I don't think DeCenzo ever bunted on him again, though, I'll no. tell you that. What was the, the story to tell everyone? The, the Cubs were up up in the game, right? Yeah, they were up in the game, and Dibble was just getting a little work. I hadn't yeah. used him for a few days. And Doug, uh, 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 you know what Doug really wanted to do, or DeCenzo wanted to do, basically, was drop the bunt, get on base, and then steal second and third on him. Yeah. You know? And uh, uh, Dibble didn't want any part of it. 
But they kicked him out of the ball game, and he, he, he said, Skip, you're not arguing much for me. I said, what can I do, Rob? I said, uh, it's obvious what you did. I mean, uh, let's just hope they don't suspend you, you know? I think it was Joe West. Oh, the, the oh the Cowboy. He's always looking. West. The Cowboy's always looking for a controversial <laughs> play to, to size up. And then we had, uh, you know, Randy. Randy, you know, Randy, Randy had uh, a bivouac equipment all in his locker. You know, he had hand grenades. When he went out to the mound, he had a Jim Bowie knife in his back pocket. I mean, I said, what do you need that for? He said, you never know. <laughs> well, in case you. someone charges the mound? Or uh, did... Yeah, well, I'm telling you. But Randy was, and these kids were all strong, you know? Yeah. I mean, big, strong kids. And Charlton, Charlton, I mean, Charlton, you saw what, that slide, oh, head yeah. fed slide into Sosha. I said, Norm, I said, you don't want to get hurt. We need you. He says, I'm not scared of him or anybody else. And he meant it. I mean... He went right at him. I mean, dove at him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But again, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, you could interchange them any way you wanted to and use them any way you wanted. And what, it's, it changed the way National League teams started putting yeah. bullpens for quite a few years. Well, so competitive. I mean, this is, and if you don't want to talk about this moment, that's fine. But I mean, you and Rob are, are so competitive. Yeah, you even I got into it. I love Rob. You know, I, <laughs> I wanted to, to see Rob where you, yeah, how, how you guys love, are now. Oh, I love the guy. I really do. I mean, uh, hey, listen, things happen. You know, I mean, uh, it, it was a situation where we had a few misunderstandings. And finally, I, I had had enough. One thing I'm telling you, I'm sorry that it's on film because when I see it now, I shudder and say, how in the hell can you do something like that, you know? But, it, it, you know, uh, and thank God that Tim Belcher was, was there in the club, Belcher was there in the clubhouse because Rob was about ready to take, take advantage of me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you this, uh, I, I love the guy. I, re I talk to him all the time. Do you? When, yeah, I do. And, and uh, you know, the next day when I, I used him the next day to close. Yeah. And and when uh, he closed the ball game, we went out there and did a little thing on the, on the field joking around. Yeah. But it, it's unfortunate it happened. You don't want to see those things happen. But it, it did happen, and we became much closer, believe it or not. I was looking around the house. I was I wanted to see if there was just a an idle base around that if oh, you get... Oh, boy. You get frustrated and we got one up. We got one hanging. Oh, up there on you top. go. Yeah. What well, do you think that they put it up so high that you can't probably get to it and throw it? Probably. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know. You know. The amazing thing is, uh, uh, you know, baseball is a little bit entertainment too, and you got to entertain the fans a little bit as a manager. Uh, Steinbrenner taught me that. I learned from Billy Martin and Earl Weaver. I, I played for both of them, and. Uh, uh, Mr. Steinbrenner told me, he said, when you get kicked out of a game, he says, put on a show. He says, truthfully, he says, your main responsibility managing a team is to win a World Series. But your second is to help put fannies in the seat. So if you get kicked out of a ball game, he says, put on a show. I'll pay your fine. I guess I took him to heart. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, you know, truthfully, if you ask the, 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 the baseball fan today, would they rather see three or four umpires huddling uh, for an instant replay coming out of New York, or would you see a good manager-umpire confrontation? Uh, I think they'd oh. go for the manager-manager confrontation. I missed that part no of the question. game. No question. I missed it, it. No question. Remember, too, that it's a, it's a manager's job at times to go out there and, 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 and rile up your team and get them ready to play, especially if, if they haven't been playing all that well. Wake them up a little bit, you know? 
and, and and it's a manager's job. But you know what? I, I got kicked out sixty-three times in sixty-three times in forty in forty-three years. So that's not all that many. It's only what <laughs> one and a half a year. <laughs> well, Bobby Cox has you beat just a oh, little Bobby's bit. Oh, Bobby's got one hundred and sixty. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! And 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 Billy's got a lot more. Do you realize how much that video of you throwing the base? How? legendary that is in Red's country, even to this day. Unbelievable. I sign, I don't know how many of these things I sign. Uh, you know, when, 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 when I get uh, uh, mail from, from, from Cincinnati, I get that more than anything else. And when I go do a, an appearance at FanFest, that's what the fans want me to sign. You know, uh, it, it, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. That one there and the one back here with the with the cub with the umpire at yeah. third base. Those are the two <laughs> things I get I get asked to sign more than anything else. You know, I couldn't do that anymore. If I did that, I'd, I'd have to see a chiropractor or get a masseuse uh, to work me over for a week. It's not easy to pull that darn no. thing out of out of out of, out of its Yeah, the first part is to get it out. Yeah, you got to get it out. Yeah, and 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 I think the picture that they got was the second throw. The first one didn't go very far, so I figured I saw it laying there. I said, let, let, let's toss it again. But, uh, you know, I, look, truthfully, I wish I hadn't done a lot of those things. I really don't. But uh, listen, uh, um, I, I, I can't say they didn't happen. They're well documented, <laughs> you know? Well, once wasn't enough. You weren't satisfied. You had to go back. Well, the, the first one sort of, the, web, the, the base was a little slippery, and it just yeah. sort of slipped out of my hand a little bit. So the second one, I did the job a little better. But, you know, I... But I do, I, I do get more more requests to sign that, and 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 and, uh, uh, and and you know what? It brings back some nice memories too. It really does. I mean, it actually felt good doing it. I don't like seeing it anymore too much, but uh, you know, I'm 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 74 years old now. You, you, sooner or later, you grow up and <laughs> and uh, and and uh, uh, slow things down, but. Uh, yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun. It really was. When fans talk about a, a manager for the Reds, it, it doesn't matter what year since the early 90s. Um, a lot of people talk about, man, we wish we, we need a fiery manager, and they always bring you up. We need a manager, a fiery manager yeah. like Lou. Yeah. Uh, when I say that, what, what do you think? Well, uh, you know what? I, I, think, I think in a way the team takes the... Uh, the um, uh, the, 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 the disposition of the manager. If the manager's a little fiery, the team tends to, to be a little fiery also. You don't really have to be a, a fiery manager. What you need to do is, is, is uh, be, uh, be fair and, and, and honest with your players. Uh, you've got to uh, uh, know their talent so you can utilize them the right way. And they've got to know that, 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 that you're going to have their back. I think if you do those things fiery, there aren't that many fiery managers mm -hmm. anymore. There no. really aren't. Uh, the game has is, is, is calmed down quite a bit. I, I think I like it back the old way a little more than I do now. I know one thing, it'll save me a hell of a lot of fine money. <laughs> 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 if it was like it is today as opposed to when I manage. But uh, um, no, I, you know, I, I, you don't really have to be fiery, but you have to be consistent. I think mm -hmm. consistent is, is a good way. and You have to be very fair. Uh, and open with your players. Uh, uh, let them let them know that uh, you, you you're trying to, uh, to 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 help them with their careers and and help them uh, 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 establish themselves or, or or to help them win uh, 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 a nice World Series ring and so forth. 
So I, I you know, I, 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 I played for, for fiery managers. I really did. And I played for guys that were a little more quiet, like Bob Lemon, Yogi Berra. Right. And, and I enjoyed playing for both kinds. So it, 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 uh, I don't think you have to be fiery to win, but you do have to know your talent. You have to be able to match up your talent against the other team. And, and, and then it's important that, man, that players on your team feel that you can win a game for them here and now and then by making a nice unexpected move or something to help them. Let's pretend we're sitting around the table, maybe drinking a beer, or even when you're out speaking. And what are some go-to baseball stories that you always tell? Are there, there well, stories that... Well, I always that... tell about the first uh, time that uh, I, I went to spring training with, uh, with the uh, uh, Yankees in Fort Lauderdale, and I, was, I had just gotten traded over from Kansas City. And um, um, I, I showed up early to get, get started. I was a little nervous, small market to big market, the Yankees. And, I had no, no uniform in my locker. So I asked uh, the clubhouse man, I, I introduced myself as a player that had just traded from Kansas City and I was anxious to get started. And I didn't have a uniform. He said, Mr. Steinbrenner saw you walk in through the parking lot when you came in and he, he wanted to see you. So I went up, I, I walked across the, the parking lot, went to his office, introduced myself as a uh, as a player they had traded to from Kansas City and told him I was anxious to get started. And I told him, no uniform in my locker. He said, your hair is too long. He said, we have a haircut road over here. And I said, look, I said, my hair is a little long, but not all that long. In fact, I told him I didn't get the correlation between the long hair and, 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 and being a good player. In fact, I told him that our Lord Jesus Christ was the greatest person that ever walked the face of this earth. And every picture I saw of him, he had long hair. He didn't say a word to me, he grabbed me by the hand. He said, follow me. He took me over to the, across the street to the Fort Lauderdale swimming pool. He says, if you can walk across that water, you can wear your hair any damn way you want. <laughs> and that got me started with George, uh, yeah. And then, you know, I had some, some, some um, uh, uh, you know, other stories with, um, with umpires and, and, and you know, these, these guys are funny dudes too. They enjoyed a good argument also. We had this guy named Durwood Merrill. You've heard of Durwood yeah. Merrill, right? Mm -hmm. he, was a, he was a character from Hooks, Texas. And uh, I had this young pitcher on the mound over there in, in Seattle named Bob Wilcox trying to get his first major league win and you've got to go five innings. He's ahead five to two and the umpire Merrill is just squeezing the heck out of him. So I'm yelling at him from the dugout Finally, I can't take anymore. I go out to the mound, not to talk to Wilcox, but just to have a little conversation with the Durwood. So he gets out there and he says, what do you want to do, Pinella? I said, what do I want to do? I said, Durwood, where are those pitches at? He didn't say a word to me. He took his mask off calmly, took a step back. He says, can I ask you a question? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, did you ever go to college? I said, I sure did. He said, well, since you're learning college, you don't end in a sentence with a preposition. <laughs> I said, can I rephrase the question? He says, yes. I said, where are those pitches at? You know, good blind, boom, 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 boom. And there we go. I was having a beer real quick. <laughs> so these guys are characters too, you know? Yeah. I had another one, Richie Garcia, that uh, spoke Spanish. I spoke Spanish uh, uh, fluently. So he told me, he says, look, I, got, I, I had a bang, bang play at first base. He called me out and he says, uh, 
listen, when you want to get kicked out of, when you're going to get kicked out of and argue with me, why don't you talk to me in Spanish? He says, there's no sense everybody else listening to the conversation. I speak Spanish, you speak Spanish, don't argue with me in English anymore. So uh, down the road later that summer, we had another call somewhere and here I come and I'm, I'm telling them in Spanish what I think. And he listened to me for about two or three minutes. He says, get the out of here. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. So these guys are characters. And, and Cowboy Joe West, my God, you know, the, the cowboy. Uh, we had this call over at second base in Cincinnati and, and uh, at Riverfront, it was hot, 105 degrees and sweating all over. And he missed about three or four calls and finally I couldn't take anymore. So I'm running out to second base and he runs right up to me when I get to the pitcher's mound, he says, what are you doing up here? I said, Joe, you, he said, Lou, he said, you're having a terrible day manage. He said, if I'd have been managing this game, I'd have had your starting pitcher out three innings, three innings ago. He said, listen, you can come out here and call me anything you want. You can yell at me. You can do anything you want. He says, it's 105 degrees and you're going to stay out here and, 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 and for nine innings with me. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, yeah, these guys, uh, they're, 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 they're characters. How many times you just sit back and think of the old days? Does it just? A lot, I, a lot, especially when I go to, back to Cincinnati to do a little consulting work. But even when I look over here and, and you know, that 41, I wouldn't wear 14, 14 was my number, but that's Pete Rose's number, you know? And, you know, I get a lot of credit for that, uh, that winning that, uh, uh, the, 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 that year mm -hmm. in 90. But you know, remember Pete and, the, and, 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 and his general manager and farm director did a heck of a job putting all that talent together. Yeah. So I, I got there at the right time. And when you have good talent, like I did, it makes things a lot easier. And, and so I think I, I was glad to see Pete get in, inducted into the Reds Hall of Fame. You know, he really belongs in Cooperstown is where he belongs. He really does. The all-time hits leader in baseball, 4,200 hits. It speaks for itself. I mean, I, I just don't understand uh, a, a lot of the things in baseball, and, 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 and that's one of them because, uh, you know, I know, he, I know he, he, he gambled, okay, but, you know, people make mistakes, and life goes on. Uh, he got 4,200 hits. Nobody else in baseball even got 4,000. Yeah. Uh, one last question. Who's, when I ask you who are your favorite all-time friends in baseball, who are the guys on the, on the one hand? Well, you know, I had, uh, it, from when, when you start talking about players, you know, the, the, the sad part about it, a few of them are dead. Mm -hmm. Thurman Munson yeah. with the Yankees, we were really close friends. Bobby Mercer, uh, another, another really, really close friend. I, I get to see uh, 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 some of my Cincinnati players like Larkin and, uh, and, and Davis at, at these different functions. Uh, they, they're good to see, but... Uh, uh, you know, the, I had um, uh, Woody Woodward was my general manager for eight, nine years. He, he was over there. Former Red. Yeah, yeah, former Red Woody. Uh, I played golf with Woody a lot. And, and you know, Woody is a, he's a, he's a competitive guy, uh, but he doesn't hit the ball that far in golf. And he always plays me with a pink tee. <laughs> and he says, boy, he says, you drive the ball 50 yards from you and I just... I get to the green and I out chip you and I'll putt you. But Woody's another guy that I see quite a bit. Pat Gillick's a good friend. Uh, Pat, Pat and I were together in Seattle. We, well, we won 116 games together one year. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and then a, a lot of my coaches, uh, I still hear from a lot of my coaches that I had uh, 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 
uh, just good, loyal people. Larry Rothschild, he was my first pitching, uh, my pitching coach over there in Cincinnati, and then with the Cubs, he was my pitching coach also. And, and uh, uh, you know, uh, some of these owners are good people. I miss Mr. Steinbrenner. I had a, a, a wonderful love-hate relationship with him. I loved him most of the times, but there were times I did hate him. There's no question. And I'm sure he felt the same way about me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but a lot of memories, a lot of memories of these guys. And, you know, that what's amazing is when you put together 40-some years of, of, of Major League Baseball, uh, in, in, in a nutshell, you, re you remember the players you played with where you won championships yeah. and the teams that you managed that won championships more than the other ones. Some of the other teams, they, 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 uh, you can't get as specific as you can with the guys that you played with when you won. Well, Lou, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it has been to sit here and I could, like, Red's country, I'm sure, on the other side of that TV, could listen to you talk all day Thank and night. You. We really well, appreciate uh, you, you letting know, us come I, in. I was fortunate that uh, that 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 I was spent uh, 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 a few years over in Cincinnati, and fortunate that we won a world championship. It's a great city, uh, wonderful, wonderful baseball fans. And the only thing I can say is, let's get the Reds back on top, top soon. That's a great way to end it, right there, yes, my friend. Sir. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, yes, sweet Lou. Man, that guy provided so many memories in such a short amount of time for the Cincinnati Reds. And again, that was a few years back, but what a pleasure it was to just go into his house and the pictures that he had on the walls and the memorabilia that he had um, for a, a baseball nerd like me was was just awesome. So I'm blessed to be able to sit down with Lou Pinella and uh, hope he's doing well nowadays and hope you're doing well out there as we trudge on here in 2021. As always, thanks for joining us for the Jim Day Podcast. I am humbled and honored that you have chosen to spend part of your time with this podcast. And we will be at it on down the road, adding some exciting guests. Who knows? who's going to be on this bad boy. But until next time, take care. <laughs>